We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Computer, this is Data. I'm an android. I'm a Rangers pick basketball. I was processing all of the information. Processing. One of those idiots who believe in analytics. Rangers pick basketball. Analytics was crap. Does not compute. Just because you got good stats doesn't mean you're a good team. Hello, and welcome back to the Lakers Exceptionalism Podcast. My name is Tom Z, joined as always by Tim, a.k.a. Krenges McBasketball. Tim, how are you doing today, man? It's the last day of July here. We got a couple things looming. AD might get extended. Uh, Ronnie's out of the hospital. Seems to be doing okay. Thank God for that. And uh, yeah, not much going on here in the late days of July. But how are you doing today, man? I'm doing well. I, uh, you know, not all that much basketball going on. Some big, uh, heavy hitting movies coming out lately. Got yeah. to enjoy both of those. Did you get oh, a, you a did? chance to watch either? I've only Oppenheimered, uh, which I enjoyed quite a lot. I'll probably watch Barbie once it, you know, comes to streaming. But yeah, I, I very much enjoyed Oppenheimer. Nice. Same. Yeah. I, I, I enjoyed both of them. I thought Barbie was funny. Uh, Oppenheimer, definitely glad I watched it in the theaters. And, uh, yeah, it was quite the, the, I didn't do them in the same day. I did them back to back days. Uh, it was good. I enjoyed. Yes. Today, folks, welcome in. We are here to talk. We've been talking over the last couple of weeks, you know, diving into the position groups of the Lakers and, uh, we're moving into the guards. So hopefully those conversations about the bigs and the wings can kind of help color, you know, what is best in those, uh, position groups and, and what we need from the guards. Um, to to compliment them maybe and talking about the different kind of combinations so uh we will be doing a legit real bod here getting getting into things uh slowly but surely the first question i have for you is do you think the lakers are set at the guard position or is there anything you would like to add at the fringes of the roster if the team were to utilize all 15 roster spots you could make a case that they could use a backup guard However, we don't expect them to use the 15th. The 14th by far makes the most sense on the center. And then you have Jalen hood Shafino as, as a depth option. You have Demoy Hodge on a two-way as a depth option. You, you might be able to get some like two-guard minutes from Torian Prince. He played chaser defensively this past year. He can shoot. Like They have some flexibility between their ones and their twos. Reeves can play point guard. 
JHS can be a two guard, uh, like D'Lo or Vincent can be off ball. You've got flexibility there in terms of who plays at what position, offensively or defensively. You have depth options. So I think, assuming the team's only going to use that one more spot, you got to go big man. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree. Um, And, you know, maybe they think well of Demoy Hodge and maybe give him, you know, as another option to convert a two-way. They also, over the weekend, uh, cut Cole Swider and signed Alex Fudge to a two-way. It's more of a wing, but that was uh, that was good to see. Um, I'm glad that, you know, best of luck to Cole Swider. Uh, it was fun watching him um, be kind of a sniper in the summer league for a little while, and hopefully he can continue to grow and find a, a better place for him, a better opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I like the move going to Fudge as well. You, they gave Swider the year. They did not see the growth mm-hmm. they were looking for. You needed growth defensively. You needed growth, I guess, offensively, either with him being able to handle a little bit more or I think more realistically becoming more of an off-screen shooter, which is something that he had tried this past year to varying degrees between the parent and the G League teams and in preseason and just did not do well with it. Based on that lack of growth, I understand moving on, grabbing another guy who you think has some upside, just needs some development. Uh, it's interesting that like like Fudge was a backup in college this past season. So he's not someone that had the you know optimal reps probably mm-hmm. uh, you know in games and just getting him under some real player development. They like what they see. The athleticism is clearly there. He profiles as a guy that could grow into a, a really interesting wing defender that could be switchy and has the athleticism to defend the rim as a secondary rim protector offensively, we got a lot of room for growth, but you know, that's what this year is going to be about for him. And then if he, if we see him grow, we may see him converted or stick around for a second two way year for the team. And I, I think similar to Swider, if you don't see that upside start to materialize, they'll probably throw a dart on another guy instead next year. So, you yeah. know, he, he's got to, got to get going, but He's got this year. He's going to get a lot of reps in the G League. And I, I think that's a, a move that makes sense. And if we look across who the Lakers have grabbed with their draft picks and their two ways, they basically have a, a one through five group. So I don't mm-hmm. know if we're actually going to see that five-man grouping play together in the G League. Actually, you know what? We, I guess we wouldn't. Um, but, you know, it, they certainly have they, – they've taken a lot of shots at different positions. It's not like they grabbed four guards and – you know, there's no upside, even if they all hit for the team to even realistically utilize them. So a uh, little, yeah. little side note, but yeah, good call out there. Uh, you know, gotta, gotta make sure we hit the major news. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we have kind of here, we're going to talk about some backcourt duo combinations. So, you know, we're going to be talking about D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves, it's uh, kind of the expected starting lineup uh in the backcourt but you know maybe Gabe Vincent you know puts in the work you know shows some some positive things to Ham uh but right now we kind of think it'll be D'Lo Reeves but we also have Gabe Vincent as I mentioned Max Christie and uh JHS kind of on the fringes like you mentioned earlier Tim so what do you think about that starting backcourt uh in relation to maybe the Rui LeBron AD starters that we kind of assume as well well, with with D'Lo and Reeves together, you have a lot of offensive firepower between the ball handling, the playmaking, the fact that either of them can run ball screens. 
either of them can space the floor. Well, both of them can space the floor. It, it's just easy offensively to plug them in and be able to, to, you know, whether they're on ball or off ball, whether they're catching and shooting or catching and attacking a closeout or needing to make, you know, the primary read, a secondary read, or be the, the one more guy catching on the perimeter. You can trust what they're bringing to the table. We have yet to, I mean, we're assuming D'Lo will, will hit his pull-up threes like he normally does. That will make him a different caliber of player than we saw later in the year. But these two together, I, I like it. And I love them being pick-and-roll guys along with AD or along with LeBron James. And I think they'll be, you know, players, you know, feeding those guys when they're open. And neither of the two of them are the types of players that you say, like, all right, go create an advantage from a neutral situation. They're not your 1v1 players, but they'll be able to play off of advantages quite well. And that makes them offensively good guys to have alongside an Anthony Davis and a LeBron James. Are they the best spacing backcourt the Lakers have had with LeBron and AD? Ooh, well, that's a good question. So it should be better than last year. It, I mean, either the past two years, right? With Russ, with Westbrook in there. Before Westbrook, we had what was it, Dennis and KCP. Mm -hmm. This is better than that. Before that, we had what Avery Bradley and KCP. This will be better than that. I mean, you can throw uh, in Caruso as well because they did kind of move around in the playoffs a little bit. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, though, also with it, you know, still better than that. Caruso, love him. Not the best three point shooter. Um, whew, before that, what, what was it before that? I mean, uh, I think that's Le- it. That's really. Lonzo. What was LeBron's first year? Yeah. He, there's no AD, but yeah, Lonzo. Oh, that's and, true. That's true. And, all the young kids. Yeah. But so I think I think so, right? Yeah, point well taken. This yeah. does profile as the best spacing backcourt. I think I guess we can go through the same thing. Has there been a one-two combo that collectively have had more pick and roll ability than these two? Because KCP wasn't doing that. Avery Bradley mm-hmm. wasn't doing that. Caruso's not that guy. Yeah. I think I where mean, that's yeah, where all those comparisons will um, fall in, in on our side of what we're talking is the defensive side, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. Because D'Lo is, you know, maybe even objectively the worst defender out of all those guards we just listed. I would, well, it'd be between him and Russ, I guess. Yeah, fair, fair. Each having strengths in different areas, mm-hmm. each having weaknesses in numerous areas. But yeah, no, I... I think collectively, this is probably the worst defensive backcourt. Well, who was it? It was last year. It was Russ and uh, Westbrook, and who started next to Westbrook? Was it Reeves? Or so Did- cooked. <laughs> Why am I blanking on this? This is awful. Let's pull up. I'm gonna pull my B ball index stuff up. Let's let's take a look. I think we were uh, traumatized by that. And, uh, was was Malik lines. starting? Oh, no, that was two no. seasons ago. I'm sorry, Blimey, I'm mixing right? up my years. Well, yeah. Or Pat Bev. Yeah. Jesus Ugh. Christ. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Russ and Pat Bev. Fuck. 
man. So, all right. So offensively, and then playmaking wise, same deal. This is the best duo. This is the best duo from a three-point shooting standpoint, a playmaking standpoint. Like I think maybe a mid-range shooting standpoint. Both of them have have some solid second-level game. Uh, like just the the gravity that these guys can have, the decision making, the ability to knock down shots, mm-hmm. uh, the pick and roll play. This is the most dynamic offensive backcourt the Lakers have had in LeBron James's time with the team, and that's good. We like that, and that could be something if the team going back to a couple pods ago, if they do decide to try to play two bigs, having that extra firepower, that really good spacing, the playmaking, the ball handling, the pick and roll play could potentially offset some of that but yeah no offensively in really good shape and and there are other combinations that like can throw out but is this a combo tom that like i I understand these guys starting do you see any issue with these two players closing games matchup dependent yes um in general i feel pretty good about the regular season and these guys uh, I think you want to build that chemistry to give D'Lo and, and Austin the best chance to complement those uh, those bigs and wings. But I do think there's going to be some... So D'Angelo is going to be like a low-activity defensive guy, right? I think I was looking at some of the data earlier. He's kind of in the middle, about two and a half is like his number of defensive matchup, meaning he guards a lot of the guys that you don't care about, right? The mm-hmm. guys are ancillary, going to be spotting up. Um, you can't do that with Phoenix. Where do you put him with Phoenix? Right? Uh, now there's a handful right. of teams who have very dynamic backcourts that, you know, maybe they can't, most of the league can't uh, match up with, right? Um, but ultimately, I think D'Lo is going to be able to kind of find that role player 3 and D guy and and stay on him well enough and play good enough team defense. But I, I don't know. what is Is his defense going to keep him off the floor um, in closing during the regular season? I think you can argue that it will. And I I don't know, it it gets to a larger point of like, you know, we know what his offense is and we know what his defense is. All 48 minutes matter. I think if you were to try to change, like if you're, if the best lineup that you can run out there, the first minute of the game is different than the last minute of the game. Why? Like, what stylistically are you doing differently? Mm-hmm. And for me, what that might look like is more LeBron on ball. If you want to operate more with him as the ball handler and say, all right, well, D'Lo, now you're a spacer. Offensively, the difference between D'Angelo Russell off ball and Gabe Vincent off ball is smaller than the difference between those two players on ball. And then you could say, well, the defensive gap between those two guys leaning in Vincent's direction, you know, exceeds yeah. the 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 off ball value of a D-Lo. So yeah. I think if you were to say that Vincent should close, which I don't disagree with, I, I'm very I'm I'm entering this conversation very open. This yeah. to me is more a coin flip than anything at this point. These are two guys that have some things to prove to us. And we'll have to kind of see how they fit into the scheme on each end of the court and everything. But yeah, no, I, I think you can make a reasonable case that Gabe Vincent should close games, even if D'Angelo Russell is starting games. And what really, really helps with Vincent closing games is that you still have Austin Reeves out there. Yeah. Another guy that could still handle the ball, make 
passing reads, run ball screens. So if you want to, if it's, all right, well, LeBron's going to be more on ball. D'Lo, you'd be, you know, a stationary shooter in this specific lineup. We'd rather just go Vincent for the defense. I think that's viable because Vincent offensively can be your two guard while Reeves is your point guard. And defensively, you've got a a decent duo between those two guys. So I, I think, you know, even though these individual guys may have some strengths and limitations, it's not necessarily a problem for the Lakers at a team level if they don't trust D'Angelo Russell to close games just because of who else they have that can fill in. Yeah, I I think, oh man, it's tough because of Vincent's shooting, right? Playoffs versus regular season last year. So mm-hmm. if you, you know, maybe even more conservatively give him a slight bump because I think he was like 33-ish percent on threes. If you give him a slight bump, does that, kind of separate him from D'Lo as being a better closing option because way you described it as being, you know, the difference if they're spacing and LeBron's got the ball in his hands toward the end of the game. If if Vincent, you know, kind of positively regresses a little bit, is that enough to kind of, you know, usurp D'Lo? I think it very well could be. Yeah, in with Vincent in his in the regular season, didn't shoot all that great from three. In the playoffs, he shot well, but then also on a really large sample because he, he made it to the finals. So there was a decent number of shots that he got up. His overall number on the season was, was decent. It wasn't bad. So that plus what he did last regular season from a three-point shooting standpoint gives me some confidence that going into games, going into this year, you know, not having seen these guys play right now, I'm expecting him to be an adequate spacer. I think Dealer will still be a better spacer, but to your point, if Vincent is that guy that we saw more holistically than just the regular season on average this upcoming year, that gap is closed. And then the gap on defense still isn't any smaller. Now, I, one thing, you know, to your, to your earlier point with it being matchup dependent, we will see some teams that don't have great guard scoring. We will see some teams that maybe have good guard scoring, but it's only in ball screens and it's not in isolation. And that will create situations where the gap on defense may not matter as much with, all right, well, D'Lo, your job is to navigate a ball screen. Maybe we're hedging anyway. And, you know, that makes your job easier. We're not as reliant upon you navigating screens, uh, you know, defending in isolation individually. Those sorts of things to me would close that, that defensive gap in a way that could benefit D'Angelo. So, it's it won't be the same circumstance every single game, but and 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 I think because of that we're going to see Darvin Ham go to different looks throughout the year, and I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. It's it's good to test things out and find these different duos, and even beyond those two and Reeves, you got Max Christie that that can be in the mix as well and may you know work himself into a position where he's someone we want to have in a in a closing group or a starting group, perhaps not. I would assume probably not compared to these other three, but if he makes that a conversation that that bodes well for the Lakers. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, kind of talking through these different guys, talking through the different strengths and weaknesses. Um, so in the D love Reeves kind of maybe, you know, pairing where if it, we have closed that up real quick and talk about some other pairings. Um, what do you think will be kind of like, the struggle of those guys to stay um, on the court and stay, you know, in playoff time, even. 
I, I think defense is probably where that duo could have some issues against specific teams where, to your earlier point, like who does D-Lo guard? Where are you going to stick them? I'm, I'm going to, I'm sharing my screen right now. I'll pull up uh, for starting caliber guards in our database, our defensive data. If we look at Reeves, pretty solid. B plus perimeter ISO defense, B for screen navigation, A minus for off ball chaser defense. D-Lo's got an F, an F, and a D plus. And that's going to be a problem. And if he were a good chaser and not as good on ball, you can work with that. Now he rotates well, but he's not much of a factor on the boards. He's not the biggest guy. So even when he's rotating, it's it's not quite the same impact of a, of a larger player. He's not much of a defensive playmaker. So he defensively is someone that you could look to target if we're talking playoffs and teams want to not just play their game, but attack what you're weak at. And he presents a weakness that teams will look to target regardless of who he might be guarding. So that to me would be the possible issue. And that's where Vincent, as we see down here, solid defensive playmaking data as a perimeter defender. And then not anything special in terms of his his perimeter defense, but C, C minus grades for his ISO defense and his screen navigation. That, that can work. And this again, this is compared to starting players. This is usually a higher bar. Usually I just do against uh, rotation players. But if we're going to comp them to starters, let's, let's comp yeah. them to starters. And we see him actually grade out fairly well when it comes to his rotating and his rim protection compared to guards, of course, um, in his, his defensive rebound. He actually boxes out a little more than the other two guys. And that's led to a higher overall on the defensive boards, even with his individual success not being that great. So he's he's more of a team defender in a way that's easier to plug in. And I see him being someone that teams are targeting less. So you lose some dynamic ability on the offensive end. But if you have enough other offense on court with a with the Reeves and a LeBron and a D and a, D and a Rui or, or Prince's off screen shooting or whatever it is, you can slot Vincent in there and he could be your fifth option offensively and yeah. be, you know, a decent, a decent lead guard. Uh, in terms of just yeah. getting you into your set, getting the ball to LeBron, or, or you know, being a trigger man for a set, and then spacing. So Vincent, uh, Vincent and Reeves is another intriguing pairing. I can see closing a lot, um, as you mentioned, kind of being able to complement each other and kind of build strength on strength as well. I feel like. Um, but what are you do you think are some of the other complications with the rest of the lineup? Like, do you think Vincent Reeves? Rui, LeBron, AD are still the way to go. Uh, is Does Vincent sliding in there change how you maybe construct the rest of the group? I think this is perhaps the strongest defensive pairing that you can come up with for the Lakers backcourt, and that's certainly helpful. Reeves yeah. bolsters the passing, the ball handling, the pick-and-roll game. So that helps you out there. I think you could still try to play you know, running ball screens, running your sets. Not necessarily an issue there. In terms of how you'd want to construct the rest of the lineup, I think it depends on is is Reeves ready to play point guard offensively? If mm-hmm. Reeves is still an off-ball guard and Vincent's still that guy, I think you need to be running sets more, in which case having a Torian Prince able to run around screens, things like that could be helpful. Or again, if we're talking closing lineup, your superstars are going to be out there and you can get yeah. them the ball. So it's not not as big of a deal. I think this is a very viable duo want to see get plenty of opportunity because of the defensive strength of those two players and the offensive ability to just exist in a lineup and not hurt you. And, and, you know, they each help in their own ways, but it's, 
neither of them are guys that you you key off of to help off of or you know it's it's not like Vince is going to be running tons of ball screens and the defense is going to be going under everything and just killing your offense. They're easy guys to plug in if you just want to let AD and and LeBron cook. Do you think Vincent and Reeves could like interchange the chaser and point of attack role? Or do you think one of them will probably be, you know, more, it'll be more defined. Uh, I think Reeves is better at both of those roles. Yeah, I agree. Um, but so that's, you can't you can't ask him to like be a point of attack and be a point guard on offense. I feel like for too many minutes. That's fair. That's a good concern. That that's something that I don't want to let us forget. Is you know where are you spending that energy bar? If you're relying on Reeves defensively, offensively, you know what, what does that kind of look like? You may need to scale back a little bit. Now, if we're playing the Warriors. I'll have Reeves as my chaser because because yeah. that's super important and he's better at that. And yeah. you saw, you know, he didn't really have his legs as much offensively in yeah. that series, and that was okay. Uh, if it's a team where there's not as much chasing to do, and it's more of like point of attack versus just off ball guard defender, I think I'd still rather have Re- I'd still I'd rather have Reeves at the point of attack. I think Vincent or the data certainly doesn't see Vincent as a strong off ball screen navigator. We'll see if that's something they can improve with him. I need to watch some more tape and see technique-wise what he needs to work on or if he has other limitations there. But many teams don't do a lot when it comes to pin downs and flare screens and whatnot. So in that situation, lean Reeves at point of attack if you need to shut down the point of attack. Offensively, I understand that. Maybe you need to scale it back a little bit. I think Reeves is is the queen chess piece here between the two of these guys. Um, All things equal. I guess I'd go Vincent, POA, Reeves as a chaser just because though that's a better way to slot Vincent, especially given his height, and then Reeves is a really solid defender and chaser defender. Yeah. So I can, I can see it going different ways. It's nice to have that flexibility and, and to be able to kind of, you know, change that up too if you need to in the middle of a, a strategy or an adjustment. But mm-hmm. another combination that... I keep thinking more about, and I think it'll happen more than maybe I want, but maybe I'm coming around to D'Lo and Vincent together because Austin can't play all 48, right? Um, So do you think that is viable or is it just kind of a tread water, you know, throw these guys out there until, you know, we can, we can get the rest of the guys some, some time. So you can do it. I just don't know why. I, I'm not sure that you would go out of your way to put these guys out there yeah. unless you really think Max isn't ready. Well, why, Tim? You got one offensive guard, one defensive guard, bro. <laughs> it's you don't you don't need that, man. Like, no. get get Max Christie out there. If we look at really, if Dio's gonna be in the lineup either way, and we're looking at Vincent versus uh, Reeves, Reeves is a better pick and roll player. Reeves is a better playmaker. Reeves is a better finisher. He's drawing contact on drives much better. He's been a better spacer. Like he's the better player offensively. I think he's the better player defensively. And so head to head, I'd rather have Reeves out there than Vincent. And if we, if I pull up the rotation map here in a second, and I mean, really just talking through it, the point guards for this team are D'Lo, Vincent, JHS, if you need them. Reeves can play some point if you need it. 
But between D'Lo and Vincent, you should be able to get to 48 minutes if you're healthy. At the two guard, Reeves should be playing 30 to 33, 34 minutes a game. And then Max should get the leftovers. And that could be maybe yeah. up to 18 to 20 if he gets a couple uh, small forward minutes. But I expect like Reeves around 30, Christy around 18, and then D'Lo and Vincent between the two of them getting you to 48 minutes at, at point guard. Now, if you just think, man, Vincent's that much better than Max that we're willing to put out a smaller grouping just to give this guy more minutes, I think that's the way you would arrive to that duo. And it should be okay. I, I just don't see the logic behind it. Because defensively, you're worse off. And offensively, I would also say that you're worse off. It's uh it's something that they're gonna they're gonna do. They're gonna check it out. You know, you're gonna mm-hmm. do things, especially early in season, preseason training camp, figure out what you like, what you don't like. Um but I I do think we will see it. Um, but let's let's bring Max. You brought him up. Let's bring Max into the conversation here as we are uh relying on a you know, 20 year old to be a very important part of this guard rotation. Um, do you think are you do you have any concerns, I suppose, about his increased role and the fact that the Lakers are, are relying on a 20-year-old to give them, you know, 18 minutes in the regular season? I do. I, I believe in him, but I know that he needs to improve from last season. I think we saw some of that in summer league. You gotta let him bake, we, right? You gotta let him develop and give him that time, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And getting 15 minutes a game or so, I, I think like if he's not clearly ready from the start and you still yeah. want to give him that opportunity to develop. Cause I, I do think this team at its best includes Max Christie playing well. And mm-hmm. if it takes him a little bit of time to get that rhythm to start the season, I think this team is good enough that you can afford to play him 15 minutes a game and it not lose you games. He offensively should be a good spacer. We'll see about the ball mover ability. I think he showed at Michigan State he was decent with that. He can make some reads, and we saw him make a pick and roll reads in summer league. That on ball pick and roll game, I'm not. I don't know that that trans. Like I don't. I'm not saying it won't translate. Like he might be able to do it at an NBA level. I don't know that you necessarily want him to be doing it versus well, not, yeah the team not if he's something else. Not if he's paired with D'Lo or Reeves or whatever mm-hmm. kind of combination. I think. Lakers can throw out there. That's just not really something they need from him right now. Right now, yeah, he'll be more of a spot up shooter to me. Move, movement yeah, shooter, connected. perhaps. Yeah, maybe like if he's if Ellie's leaning into, hey, you know what, Max can do some pick and roll now. I think we're going to see secondary ball handler for his role this upcoming season. Mm. If not, I think he's going to end up as a movement shooter, and I think he. We want to see him mixing it up on the inside, attacking closeouts, getting putbacks cutting from the weak side when shots go up, trying to be a factor on the glass. Mm-hmm. That's what you look for him offensively, more limited. Defensively, I need to see some growth from him. Uh, he's got some tools. He's strong in a couple areas. He I, I, has room for growth. I think the, the, you know, the size of him and the fact that he got a bunch of rebounds hid some other warts in his defensive game. He also was not much of a factor on the boards. Uh, when it came to you know winning contested boards, he was not boxing out like ever. He uh, not very good with ch- chasing around off ball screens, and that's something he struggled with all year. He like Reeves 
was not much of a defensive playmaker. He was not generating turnovers, playing passing lanes or picking pockets. So he's got areas to grow. Does rotate well. Is it really, you know, for a guard, very, very good positional size. And along with that, really strong rotating, like secondary rim protection. So he gives you some stuff as an off-ball team defender. And I like his on-ball perimeter defense. And, you know, we, we joked around calling him Clamp Christie in the uh, <laughs> the Discord from the start of the season. Because he's, I think, ultimately, like, he's got some point of attack potential. Or oh, sure. if he puts on more weight, I know the positional size isn't quite there as much. But maybe not wing stopper against, like, a Kawhi, but more of a, like, maybe, a, I don't know. I'm trying to think of guys who are kind of, like, between a guard and a wing size players. Like a like a yeah. Devin Booker or a Luka or like some of those taller guards where you want POA style defense, but you also need some size along with it. That's what I think you want to have him develop towards defensively. And I, I think mean, he's going to get opportunities. He has length, he has length mm-hmm. at least, even though he is a, a lanky guy. He certainly does. Yeah. And so from a strength standpoint, if it's like, oh, you know, defend these strong ISO right guys right not quite there but i don't think that's the job and Mm. it won't be the job this season and he this past year did pretty solid we got that b grade there again this is compared to starters this is a high bar that i'm putting out here for these guys b grade for perimeter iso defense c minus ball screen navigation those two things right there hey this guy can play some poa and he'll be huge doing so i don't know if that's what his primary job is going to be i'd love to see him get a shot though at some point here and he, the more he develops, I, I just, the, the upside he has is really enticing for me. And I think he is in a position where he needs to play well. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't, suddenly we do then need to start seeing a lot of like D'Lo, Vincent together. We're going to see those three guards make up a bulk of minutes. I think if Christie doesn't play well, you're going to see some Shafino time. I don't think he's ready either this season. And that'll probably result in. No, what do we have there? Uh, 48 minutes times two is 96 minutes. You're going to be seeing 30 minutes or more for Reeves, D'Lo, and Vincent in a scenario like that, where it's just those three guys kind of cycling in yeah. and out if Christie and Shafino aren't ready. And that's not a good place for this team to be. So Max needs to be able to bring it this year. And the team you know, has to give him opportunities to prove that he can. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, 
you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Yeah, they're going to, just like the wings, just like the bigs, there's going to be injuries as well. There's going to be ankle twists and and I was going to say bone bruises, but that's apparently sometimes a, a whole year long hey, process. <laughs> uh, Kendrick Nunn literally didn't mention him uh, with the guards because he's that far out of his mind. Uh, hope he gets that Olympiacos gig. Shout out, Kendrick. He's going to crush over there. If his, well, I think if his knees weren't cooked, he wouldn't be over there. But because uh, he actually played decently with Washington once he got traded, uh, I think his knees might be cooked. And I think despite that, he'll still be a rotation guy for them. They need some help. Uh, Prathanaikos has been signing all the good players, including Olympiakos' best players, straight from them. So, uh, sorry, I'll, I'll sign my Greek basketball conversation. But uh, <laughs> I've been trying just, to learn more yeah. about the international leagues and Euro League and Champions uh-huh. League and Euro Cup and Euro Cup. And, Greek basketball. So, uh, yeah, shout out Kendrick Nunn. And I, uh, lesson learned from the Kendrick Nunn experience <laughs> don't assume people will read the tweets that say, if this player returns like they and plays like they did last year, this is what to expect. They're going to miss a lot of that and then just read, here's what to expect. Uh, that was just, that was a shame. He was a decent guy before he got that, that bone bruise. And, you know, yeah. best of luck to him. Didn't yeah, work absolutely. out. Okay, sorry to derail, Tim. I have this question lined up, um, but I've got one for you, okay? Just around Max Christie, kind of helping him develop, putting him in a position to succeed. What is the best guard to put next to him? Uh, D'Lo, Reeves, Vincent. Ooh, interesting. So I would say not Vincent Mm -hmm. because unless you really are – not wanting to demand much from their backcourt when it comes to pick and roll play. In that case, I think you you can pair those together. But if you need you need these guys to be able to generate things, like if LeBron's out of the game, like I don't think you can play Vincent and Christie together unless mm-hmm. it's the dump the ball into AD offense or we're running you know five out dribble handoff big man facilitation type stuff. So depending on what the scheme looks like, this could certainly change, but. From a first talent standpoint, offensively, I think you want the ball handling and playmaking and pick and roll game of a Reeves or a D'Lo along with Max. Offensively, I like either of those two guys with him. Defensively, if we're thinking about how these guys would play, hmm, it may be matchup dependent, but I like the idea defensively of a Reeves Christie backcourt yeah. more than a, a D'Lo Christie backcourt. Reeves is better than D'Lo defensively. I don't know that there's necessarily a big fit component to it. There's certainly a talent gap between those two guys on that end of the court. So like a Reeves Christie backcourt offensively, I think gives you enough. And then defensively is exciting. And I think that's like a, you know, an enticing, you know, backcourt of the future type pairing potentially. We'll see. Uh, But I'll be pumped to see those two guys get some time together. How about you? Do you think there's a a different answer to this? No, I agree. And I think it's mostly to do with Reeves just being the most flexible kind of fundamentally, you know, um, useful thing in this equation uh, to set up a guy like Christie and to also give him a chance to do the things he's good at uh, while not, you know, allowing the rest of the the lineup to suffer too much. Mm -hmm. Um, 
if if Reeves Christie gets like any significant time, like I think our Discord might spontaneously combust. Like people <laughs> are going to just just I don't even know. Like their pleasure center will become overrun, I think. Yeah, dude, I we need to so we've got the, the vanilla ice backcourt, but there needs to be what are there like five other combinations of these four players that we can run out there. We need to figure out which ones have the best potential nicknames. And then I think that might be That's a good. potential rooting interest of the Discord as well. But yeah. Wow. Okay. So so it's more of a is there a datum like qualitatively that you have, or are you still putting that together? Uh, still working on that. Yeah, no, okay, that's, uh, okay. that's we're fair. allocating that's all of our b-ball index resources to that. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's, we're, it's coming soon, coming soon. Uh, I mean, no, I'm Matt, I'm joking, but like not really. It is very intriguing. Uh, Reeves and Christie, not only because of their ages, but I think you know some of their ceiling could. It's just really intriguing against uh, you know surrounded by AD and LeBron. It is. I think it is. They're both fan favorite or at least discord favorite guys um yeah i enjoy watching both of them play i think it'd be fun fun to watch together i think the weakness of that group though would be the defensive playmaking take a look at these grades f f f f yeah that's that's going to be the uh the piece where it's like it's going to be the a style of defense that i actually in a way i think i'm going to appreciate a lot where it's just like we're just going to always be in front of you and contest every shot. And then our teammates are going to grab rebounds. We're not going to try to steal the ball. We're just going to always be right there. It's just going to be positional defense to the max. And, uh, right. you know, none of that, you know, really appreciating you know, Avery Bradley ball pressure kinds of stuff. <laughs> it's just going to be, we're there and we're always in front of you and you're just going to have to hit shots over us, which is less, you know, highlight real, inducing but the kind of stuff that i really enjoy so of these six pairings we have with these guys we have delo reeves delo christie vincent reeves vincent christie reeves christie delo vincent which one has the highest ceiling and which one has the lowest floor Ooh! wow okay (sighs) i mean this season not future obviously Got it. Okay. The highest ceiling. So each of these guys playing at their best. I still think that like Reeves, Reeves D'Lo, I think might be my answer here. Yeah. I think I agree. I think you're just so much more dynamic offensively. And then if we're saying D'Lo can be like an, like, okay, off ball guard defender and you don't, you know, run into the matchup situation where there's nowhere to hide him as long as you don't run into that like that duo makes a lot of sense yeah and then did you say highest floor or lowest floor uh lowest floor like what's the one that you really you know worry about and and don't think like like it could get really bad real quick i guess uh vincent christie with uh vincent Mm -hmm. trying to play off ball and max being thrown out there in like a bench lineup with like Rui Hachimura, Jared Vanderbilt, and Jackson Hayes, no, and Max is just like trying to create advantages, and it's just brutal, dude. And there's no spacing, and it just makes him look bad. 
And then people are just like, this guy sucks. We need, he needs to be benched. And it, it's just like, oh, this pairing makes no sense. The lineup makes no yeah. sense. Like I can see that, that, yeah. that will happen at some point Ooh. this year. <laughs> I say that because I was like, yeah, I can totally see that happening. Like that's mm-hmm. totally a lineup that's like, I mean, you probably have to throw like LeBron or AD in there because one of them will be on the court probably always, but mm-hmm. it doesn't make it much better. It's, it, yeah. it would still a lot of be those guys kind of lifting up the rest of the, the squad or, it's just a treading water kind of scenario, I think. Yeah. Now, I, I got another question for you. Of these four guys, is there a – we, we know Darvin Ham likes to play smaller. Is, is there a trio of these four that makes the most sense to you? Of these four? Of these no. four. If you had to play three no. of them. Actually, sorry, it's not a yes-no question. Which three of these four, if you had to pick three, would you stick out there together? Um, I mean, probably Christy, probably because of size. Reeves Mm -hmm. is kind of a given. And then... Probably Vincent. I think I trust him more guarding up. Uh, What's the not really that I care a lot about post stuff with these guys, but eventually if one of them is a wing, they're going to get more interior run right on defense. They're going to be asked to do different things. Yeah. If I had to, I think I would probably sit uh, D low in that scenario. I don't hate it. I, yeah, I, I think it's between D'Lo or Vincent with that last spot. Because I, I agree with you. Christie's got to be out there for his size. Yeah. Reeves, I need out there. And then it's between those last two guys. And I guess to an extent, it depends on who the other two players on the court are. But... Hmm. I mean, Vincent has some defensive playmaking too, right? Yeah, I think if you're that small, you you are inherently getting more ball handling and playmaking on the court. Mm-hmm. And you would then be looking to, you know, make sure those guys are good enough defensively to allow you to do that. And I think that's where you would lean, Vincent. But I think another thing you can then look at is like, all right, does Christie at the three give you more playmaking than Rui at the three or Prince at the three? Yes, but are you going to use ball it? handling? Are you right, use it? exactly. Probably not. Yeah, and I think that makes more sense in a in a situation where you're trying to run out like waves of offense, where it's like we attack from the strong side, kick it out, then you're mm-hmm. able to drive the you know a closeout on the weak side, and you know it, you've got guys in positions where they can dribble well and read the floor well to extend advantages at a rate that's better than you would otherwise expect, which I could see happening with this. Yeah, group. I don't want to see three of these guys out there together. And I think the Lakers have more than enough forwards on the roster to, to take up their, their three and four positions that you shouldn't need three of these four guys out there together. And we, we've talked about the forwards already, so we won't rehash any of that, but we might see it. I don't want people to, I mean, it's, it's probably not going to be great. There are some benefits to going that way overall, probably not worth it. It's the type of thing that, like, if we saw five minutes per game of it, I would not be thrilled. But if we saw, like, five minutes of it in one game, like, per week for them just to try it out, like, I wouldn't. 
I wouldn't be super upset about that. If it's an injury reaction, right? It's fine. Whatever. You got you, I don't know. You do what you got to do, but I think I'm kind of out on on three of these guys. And here, I'll leave you with this last question, Tim. Cuz I think we kind of talked about this a few weeks ago when we were doing our wings. Um, how much do you think Torian Prince could be pushed down into this uh into the the tour he's not a one but could do you think he could get pushed down uh not just based on injuries but also you know based on some of the younger guys we're relying on like christine you know jhs i think there's potential for it if we take a look at who he guarded positionally this past season he was fairly versatile he most frequently guarded shooting guards 30 percent of the time then 25 percent of the time threes 24% of the time fours. So he was a piece that that they moved around a good bit. Obviously to your point not not a point guard. But if he can be a chaser defender, like I I wouldn't it, you know, with injuries, I wouldn't be upset if like he's getting time as a two guard instead of Jalen Hutchinson. I I think yeah. Prince is more NBA ready right now. His shooting, no matter where he's playing, translates. The off-screen shooting translates no matter where he's playing. And he has a degree of playmaking that some folks might not be familiar with, but is something that I would expect to be helpful for this team. If we uh, And it's more out of the wing position, but it's, it's a little bit more than, I guess, most wings, I guess I would say. And that's been a differentiating skill set for him. Um, compared to I have starting guards, C minus playmaking talent. <laughs> that, that's wild. Like that's high for a guy who's not a guard. Um, so yeah, I, I could see it. I'd be okay with that. All right. And then I lied. Last thing. Tell me as a Hodge hive, you, you, you see minutes for him on the parent team. Just, Ooh. you just lie to me. Just lie to me. Just lie to me. Are you asking? Just lie to me, Tim. What tell, is me, tell me what I want to hear, Tim. What will, is the Will Demoy Hodge get minutes on the parent team? Yeah. Okay. In, Thank you. In garbage time. Yeah. Thank you. With injuries or garbage time, he's, he's going to get some chances. This was a top, uh, I think he was top five, but I'll, I'll safely say top 10 offensive impact guy this past season in college and defensively is quite the defensive playmaker. And we saw some of those tendencies go a little bit too far in college. And in summer league, they were reeled back a little bit and a little better. So I see him as one of the more ready two-way players to go out there and play some spot minutes and be okay with it. Like if he, he and Castleton are guys that I think might be able to do what Christie did this past year, where they have, you know, at some point in the year, We've got some injury situations. They get in there, they play, and they play fairly well for for you know their situations. And then when the team's healthy again, it's not quite enough. And you know we'll see them next year, and hopefully they emerge then and are able to break into the rotation a bit more. But year one, Demoy Hodge brings shooting to the table and has a nose for the ball on defense, and that's valuable. I love it. I'm so in on that guy, dude. I fucking love that dude. Um, but I think that's a good place to leave it here for now, Tim. Why we have to also mention Jalen Hutch, if you know, we have not uh, talked about him. Yeah. If you're going to talk mean, about Hodge, yes. you got to talk about JHS. Uh, 
Okay. <laughs> What's the scenario where JHS is getting time? It could be injuries. It could be guys not playing well. Like, yeah. where do you see his best path to rotation minutes? I think two of those four guys we discussed would need to go down for more than a week. If they go down for a week, do you, do you think they just split the minutes up among other players? Or you, you're saying that Shafino would only get an opportunity if it were more of a long-term injury situation? Yeah, I think if there was a long-term injury, like just one, I do think that he would get a shot at least um, to get some minutes. Whether or not that, I guess, keeps him on the court, I'm skeptical on. And or... Whether or not like it's more valuable just to have him develop in the G League for longer. Um mm-hmm. I don't know. I I'd still think it would take like two injuries and may, maybe it's short term, you know, ankle tweaks or whatever, you know, maintenance to to get him more than, you know, ten minutes in a random game in January or something. How, so would you rather have, I'll give you a couple head-to-heads, would you rather have JHS or Torian Prince playing 10 shooting guard minutes in an individual game? Oh, Prince, no doubt. I guess, like, who who are the fringe rotation, or who are the fringe roster guys who are still available at guard right now, right? Like, would you rather have JHS or Austin Rivers? I think I'd rather see Reeves <laughs> like <if> Demo <laughs> and Vincent are down I think you're leaning Reeves and JHS are probably your, your point guards uh yeah I don't I mean most likely we're not going to see Delo and Vincent both out would you rather have Reeves or JHS lead ball, ball handler I think this is probably an easy Reeves. Question, but, okay yeah. so you've got he, among current rostered players JHS would rank fourth among your point guard options Behind Russell, Vincent, and Reeves? Yeah. And then among two guards, or guys Last. that could play minutes at the two, you'd yeah. probably have everybody up on the screen ahead of him. So those three and Christy, yep. you'd have Prince so Reeves, ahead of him. Russell, Vincent, would you have- Christy, Prince. How about Hodge? I personally would feel more comfortable play playing 10 Hodge. minutes. Yeah. I would, I would as well. Yeah. It just, you don't need, like what each of them bring to the table with where they are in their skill development, yeah. it's easier to plug and play a guy who could just go out there and be an above average spacer. Mm-hmm. Look, he's he's going to be a concern on defense, you know, probably his whole career. He's kind of small. Um, but I think he's like, if he can keep up some of that shooting, I think he's a good team, good connector guy. And I, I want to see Jay just develop some more things before I would feel comfortable kind of having him on the big stage right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I Hopefully he is able to, to grow and develop. He showed flashes in summer league as, as the other players did as well. Maxwell Lewis, we haven't mentioned he's, he's a little bit further away. He's probably more of a, a wing than a yeah. guard, but it, these guys are on a team that's good enough that they don't need to be good right now. And that lets LA grab guys that maybe have more long-term potential and upside than other, you know, teams that need guys to be able to play minutes right now. Yeah. So that, I I think that's helpful. Although I guess you could also argue 
for a lot of teams, if your rookies are playing big minutes, it's because you're not going to be good anyway. doesn't matter, and you're going to get them the rep. So it can go either way. But uh, if JHS has some great growth in the background and then jumps on the scene next season, we're going to be thrilled. And I think that's probably the most realistic, optimistic projection of when he's able to break into the regular rotation. Hope so. Uh, didn't, didn't mean to derail you for too much. I just, I got to get Hive Hodge in there. Uh, Cause yeah, no, no, don't worry about it, man. Last summer league game. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. Um, he's good. He's fun. Mm-hmm. All right. I think that's a great place to leave it for today though, Tim. Let's, uh, let's come back here tomorrow and talk a little bit more about, I don't know. We'll figure out what we'll talk about. Maybe talk more about guards. Maybe, uh, maybe do something else. I was looking, we could watch like old games on YouTube. I haven't rewatched uh, the 2010 game seven of the finals in a while. I've probably seen Ooh. that game like 15 times. No exaggeration. That would be a fun one to rewatch. That'd be cool. I think at some point here, and and maybe I'm, I, we might not use this this week, or maybe not next week, but at some point, I'd love to look at like how this Lakers team stacks up with past Lakers teams athletically. I think could be an interesting hmm. thing to take a look at. Okay. I think I'd love to look at like which players have the most to prove. Uh, I think it would be fun for you and I to do a snake draft and pick five v five teams. Ooh. Okay. At some point, we could do a uh, season over unders pod. So you know, we, we we've got some ideas. We could mix some mailbags in there. But uh, let's let's mix in some of the projection stuff closer to September, maybe. Good and idea. I think we're in nostalgia zone, bro. It's about to be August. Like, you know, unless the team signs Christian Wood in the next two weeks or so. Um, I think, you know, we'll, we'll talk through the guards maybe a little bit more. I think this is a good conversation we had today, but yeah, let's, let's have some fun, man. Let's, let's watch some old games, even if it's from like 2020 or the bubble or, you know, we could watch one of the Denver series games and maybe compare it no. with what we saw this last year. No, <laughs> oh, not, okay. not last year. Yeah. The 2020 Denver. Sorry. The 2020. Denver. Okay. Uh, I gotcha. Yeah. I gotcha. Uh, that could be an interesting experiment to watch like just a couple iterations ago of this team okay yeah i thought you were gonna be <laughs> we were pitching no. like come watch us get our asses kicked. yeah yeah <laughs> all right yeah. no i like it yeah we you're right we are in that nostalgia zone it does make more sense to save some of the projection like over-unders types of things uh closer to the year so yeah man let's uh maybe we put a poll up maybe we short, come up with do a it. short list for a couple ideas we throw yeah a poll up, in the discord what, what want to watch yeah, I, I say like rewatch a play, uh, like a 2010s team playoff game, a 2000s team playoff game. That'd or, be a blast. Or a 2020, you know, playoff run. Okay, so that I'm and, or it. maybe like a big Kobe game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know what the options are for polls, but those are my suggestions. I'm open to anything. This is the the fun and hangout portion of the summer. So. We're still going, folks. Um, get into that Discord. As always, send us a five-star review in your podcast player of choice. And send that to Tim, myself, or the Lakers Exceptionalism pod on Twitter. And uh, and then, you know, let your voice be heard. DM me. You know, let me know what you want to uh, to hear from us this summer. Yeah, so. I'll, I'll throw up. Uh, yeah, definitely let us know if there's, there's content you're interested in hearing. 
I will at some point, I think tonight, yeah, I'll have to do it tonight, throw up a, uh, not a pod, a poll in the Discord for folks to vote on uh, what they'd be most interested in watching from a game standpoint. We can maybe come up with a, a game from that yeah. bubble team from the 2010, like maybe maybe put yeah. you know a top game from each era perhaps yeah. and, and see what the folks are most interested in. Uh, jump in that Discord. Speaking of you know having fun and hanging out, great place for conversation. Uh, I just today solicited more questions for a Q&A mailbag that is just specific. It's their questions. They're going to get the answers. You're not going to get those answers if uh, you're just listening to this <laughs> on the main pod. And you, you'll never get those answers. Uh, you, the CIA, the FBI, they're not going to get those answers out of me. And uh, the only way you can get those answers is if you give us your $5. So, you know, pay up, little piggies. Get some, uh, get some chum. If uh, you, you know, missing your Lakers content, Go go check out the Discord. No, we got we got a lot of good stuff in there. If you want to take the opportunity this offseason to bolster your X's and O's knowledge, we've got about 24 hours of reported content in there at the courtside level. It's 10 bucks a month. You can pay 10 bucks, listen to all the stuff, cancel if you want to. Uh want to shout out folks in those different tiers. Court Prowess and TJ Timotaji at the arena sponsorship level. Those are our, our favorites. Um, those are our best friends. Uh, you know, those are the I've got pictures of my family and then their their Discord uh bio pictures up on my desk um shout out to zach harris q daddy o ipod jeffle miguel t shuttleworth omar roy abdulrahman keneal mason doppler romario for living the, the high life with us in the owner's box and then shout out to the courtside and lower bowl crews as well that's the pitch get in there have some fun we'll see you tomorrow uh, yeah thanks everybody we'll talk to you next time day is coming oh no but if you sign up for robin hood gold's ira with a three percent match you can get up to 195 dollars for the 2023 tax year oh yeah sign up at robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market subscription fees apply investing involves risk three percent match requires gold for one year from first match must keep ira for five years robin hood financial llc member sipc